According to the New York Times, people who have used these uh, microdosing of psychedelics have felt enhanced attention and cognition, feelings of well-being and relief from anxiety and depression. I know people have such clunky stigma around drugs and, and what the effects can be, but I think things that are helping people's mental health are always going to be positive. Everybody, all the people listening with your listening ears, this is Normalize This, the show where we, myself and some other guy, he be, you know, showing up, showing out sometimes, discuss whether or not ideas, trends and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. I'm Danielle Young. And I'm the other guy who's showing up <laughs> sometimes. Adam and showing Rippon. out. <laughs> and showing out. Yes. And today... <laughs> Adam, we're going to talk about normalizing alternative medicine, alt-meds. Okay. I'm excited. I feel like you're going to be sort of my, um, my guide shaman. in this. <laughs> yes, my shaman. You are. Because I am a, we can say it together, baby and Aww, scared. Oh, a little scared yeah. little baby deer. Yeah, I am. Oh, I, I am. I'm already so like out of my mind already that like. Well, you're listen, good. Thank you. You're good. Now I feel don't good. Don't judge yourself already. so harshly. Okay. All right. I won't. And plus, I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> okay. So then this is going to be really great. And also, you know, as we talk about this, it's a good reminder that I'm not a doctor. Okay. You're not. And I'm also not a nurse. Wow. I really, yeah. I signed up because I. Because you thought, thought I was. It's because I've been telling, because I put MD at the end of my name. <laughs> Right, that's why. I also, I put PhD, you know, just in case. <laughs> in case wondering. anybody asks. Right. I'm excited. I know. I, I'm excited. And so while we have that conversation, keep sticking around afterwards keep because we're going to play. Um, I hope you keep sticking around. <laughs> right. I hope you're literally stuck. <laughs> yeah. And not moving. <laughs> stuck in the pitch but on the listening. Stairs. But listening. And as you're listening, we'll be playing a game later in this episode called Keep It or Curb It. And that's where Danielle and I decide whether we keep something mm. in culture or we curb something in culture. Yeah, because we are the decision makers around here. We are. We oh. were um, uh, duly elected to that <laughs> position. It was like a landslide. Everybody voted for us. Right. Because we were the only two Running people unopposed. voting. <laughs> yeah. Still, it doesn't matter who was there. It just matters who showed up. Period. Mm -hmm. But before we get into any of the things, we have to get into the fun facts. Adam, mm -hmm. historically, you're known yeah. for your less than fun facts. Yeah. Today, how do you do you feel? I feel the levity. I feel, you know, LA is healing. There's some sunshine. Mm -hmm. Is your fun? Is your fact fun? I, okay, is my fact fun? Like, what am I going to do? My first fun fact, I'm going to do like a little rundown of maybe like two of them. Okay. That have, that have nothing to do with each other. My first fun fact is this is the first podcast that I've ever like been a, like a host on ever. Nice. So 
And it's been, I would, I would never want to host another podcast without you, Danielle. So that's my fun <gasps> fact. And then my other fun fact is that, that I don't have another one. For in the in my back pocket, so yeah, it's well, kind of like history repeating itself. Your fun, it it just history just kept going. Yeah, it did. But the fact that your fun fact involved me—that's fun. Honestly, I'm I'm not mad. Okay, I'm, it, it was a, it was fun. It felt like a ride. It's been fun for me so far, <laughs> and I hope it continues to be. It better be. Yeah, it better so, be. Are you going to save the fun fact? Are you going to save this for us again? Because I, again, have left this I mean, sort of I mean, I always got to just make sure I come through with my cape. Yeah, which you always around do. Here. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> you and you're do. welcome. Uh, yeah, let me see. My fun fact, I will be, well, by the time this comes out, it would have happened already, but I will be hosting my second real quick comedy pop-up. It is an event, a comedy show event that I've created here in L.A. for Black comedians. And, um, yeah, I'll be doing my second one uh, at High and Tight Barbershop here in L.A. I'm very excited. It's Black and queer-owned barbershop. And, yeah. I'm, oh, that's a, it, amazing. Yeah, that's my fun fact. I'm really that's doing my good. comedian thing here in L.A. I'm very excited. Yeah, you're killing it, Danielle. I'm very nervous about comedy. <laughs> You shouldn't because you're very natural. That's how and I feel. Very funny. I like yeah. freak out up until the point where I get on stage. I'm actually still freaking out a bit on stage and like short of breath, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I yeah. try to like pull it together because I I know that I can be conversationally funny. So at the yes. very least, I can try to have a conversation with the crowd. But I'm really wanting to work hard on my uh, joke delivery and pulling together punchlines and, and things like that. Just my chops as a yeah. comedian. So that's like literally what I'm in the midst of with these shows. I'm very excited to do. Well, it's great. It's yeah. always good to like work that muscle and just mm-hmm. refine it. So you're working your muscle. Um, oh my goodness. So this episode, Alternative mm-hmm. Medicine. Right. Listen, Adam, you have said it. You've told the people we are not doctors, even though you guys may think and may believe mm-hmm. We speak like that. We speak. We're just so smart and well studied mm-hmm. that it could be an easy mistake. But we're it not. Is. We don't know nothing about nothing. Um, <laughs> as usual, we will be talking about our own personal experiences throughout the episode. So, like, don't do anything we're doing. Yeah. These are, <laughs> this is just like, this is story time. It's mostly just us going to be sharing our alternative medicine truths. When we're thinking of alternative medicine, because I feel like there's so many different types from like down to like getting massages and acupuncture and doing Tai Chi all the way to like mushrooms and ayahuasca. And -hmm. I heard of a new, I don't know, it's new to me that people use like toad. I've heard that. Or toad. Yes, like it's like the poison or something, right? (laughs) Toad juice. Yeah, oh, that's what they call it. Toad that's juice. what they call it on the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's is, how you know it works. That's how if, you um, know it works. Yeah. I think it's something that is, you know, experimental, maybe even more so than the ayahuasca. Yeah, you think so? They're still calling it toad juice. Well, you know, I, it's unofficial. 
Um, <laughs> I like to- I'm going with toad juice. But I'm not about to microdose that. If I'm microdosing anything, it's shrooms. Mm-hmm. I definitely macrodose weed, marijuana. <laughs> macrodose. <laughs> But you know, but listen, according to the National Library of Medicine, microdosing is a is typically defined by experts as taking five to 10 percent of a full dose of a psychedelic, Mm -hmm. usually LSD Mm -hmm. or other things that I don't know how to pronounce. Uh huh. I feel like if you can't pronounce it, it uh, it's not like, going in my body. You know, it's one of those words with the P and the S and there's C's and B's in there. Psilocybin, psilocybin mm-hmm. as a way to get mental health benefits uh, of the drug without getting the hallucinogenic part of the drug. Okay. So that's like what microdosing actually is, not just being like, oh, let me just take a little bit of shrooms. It's like right. <laughs> fully measured out moments, knowing that you're getting more of the mental health benefits than the hallucinogenic benefits. Okay. So I'll say I've never done this, but I'm very open to it and very wanting to try it. And I have a friend who's a good friend of mine who like microdoses with mushrooms and says that it's fantastic. They're like, uh, like they don't drink. And so they really like having these like microdoses of like these little pieces of chocolate. Yeah, I mean, I think just like with anything, it can, <sighs> microdosing can go down a slippery slope. It can lead to macrodosing. <laughs> yes. <as we> <laughs> it can open up the macrodosing. You uh-huh. know, I think it's just because it's you're getting these like bursts of great feelings, you know, because you're dealing with something that is usually psychedelic. Uh-huh. And so you're getting these really amazing, soft and beautiful, warm, wonderful feelings. And let's say the feeling is over in an hour. And then you're mm-hmm. going to microdose again. So, I mean, it it seems to me that microdose can easily turn into macrodosing because you're just doing it reoccurringly through your day, just getting like improvement, improvement mood booster, bo- like like just mood booster moments. Yes. So like, is that how long it lasts? Does it only last about like an hour or so or like? I think the effects of marijuana kind of wear off within like 30, 45 minutes, or, you know, oh, you start God. to okay. feel... We've had different experiences with weed. <laughs> Depending on how you <laughs> consume it. Like edibles, if you do too much, can have you really stuck. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you my experience when we're talking about, like, weed. Okay. And my experience is that, like, I've had, like, you know, a few huffs and puffs of a joint, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel, like, fine. I don't feel like kind of anything. I feel a little like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I probably just did it wrong or like whatever. But it's the edibles where I go, oh, I think I'm feeling a little something. I've never done it right. And I've always thought that I've been close to doing it right. But what it leads me to is like the worst anxiety I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, yeah. See, sometimes the effects of drugs can do that. Right. It depends on the strain and all things like that. It can get you in your head and you're trying your best to be normal. And it's like now you're in your head about that. Okay. But interesting. Yeah. Like it's which is why I feel like people do like microdosing it because like it it does feel like these little just boost moments. Like I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like you're like, oh, I'm paying more attention or I feel like loving. I feel creative. I feel open. 
especially if you're a person that normally just feels so like frustrated and angry and all these things, it feels like those feelings are not there mm-hmm. when you have the those effects of like shrooms. You know, anything you do in, without moderation can get to be a little much. Totally, yes. According to the New York Times, people who have used these uh, microdosing of psychedelics have felt enhanced attention and co- cognition, feelings of well-being and relief from anxiety and depression. So it's, you know, it's reported that most people do have these positive feelings. Oh, Yeah. I feel like a lot of people do. I think a lot of people like when it's supervised by a professional or you're getting some sort of like professional advice on how to microdose properly. I feel like people have a lot of really positive experiences with it. Oh, yeah. I think it's apparently there's not too much research out about microdosing and things like that just yet. You know, it's hard to say that because I know people have such clunky stigma around drugs and and what the effects can be. I feel like possibly part of the reasoning that doctors, this isn't sort of like an, uh, an option with doctors is there's not a lot of research into it so that it's not something that they would recommend because there's not a lot of like studies that have been into it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, like, I wish that there were more studies done on this and the effects and the long-term effects so that it's becoming more in the mainstream. So I hope that, like, you know, I think I've I've even heard of, like, different ketamine treatments, like, done through a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I also think that, like, if you're taking it in the setting, like, in a medical setting, you have a completely different mindset about it as well. Oh, yeah. That, like, it feels safer. It feels like it's in a more controlled on, setting that, like, you know, like, you're you're not going to make a, a mistake or, like, a, a mistake is, like, out of your hands or if something happens, like, somebody is there to, like, make sure that you're going to come out of this okay. Have you ever watched um, High Maintenance on HBO? No. Should I? Yes. Yes. You for sure should watch. It's a really great series. It's very funny. It's about this, basically this weed man in New York City um, and just how like his customers are all these different types of characters and things. And it's it's just funny. It's really well done. Shout out to Ben Sinclair. I really love him as a writer, producer, actor. He stars in it as the drug dealer or, you know, the weed man. But there was this this doctor, funny enough, I think he was a vet, who started microdosing. And I think he was microdosing with shrooms, if I'm not mistaken. But it was, like, very similar to how we were speaking about, like, oh, he would, like, he took a little piece and, like, he just started having, like, this just wonderfully great days, like, because mm-hmm. he's known, I think he was typically known to be kind of just standoffish or short, you know, just kind of like cold. And so, yeah, like as he started microdosing, people started noticing around the office that he was just like lighter and funny and just jovial and all this stuff. And then <laughs> he got to a point where it was like, oh, he'll take a little piece before he leaves for the day. But then he got the notion one day to like take it with him. And uh-huh. then to keep microdosing throughout the day. And then the microdosing became macrodosing. And then all of a sudden he's like doing weird stuff with, right, right. with, his, yeah. with his patients who are animals. And like the, the <laughs> owners are like, uh, what's going on? Um, and then he ended up like having this like psychotic break walking through the city. 
And it just kind of like shows you like a progression of of how things can go. Not to say that this is what could happen to you, but I think mostly when it comes to addiction, you just keep chasing that same first feeling. Yeah. That initial high that was like, oh my God, I feel beautiful and powerful and wonderful. I want to feel it all the time. But truth be told, I don't think we're supposed to feel like that all the time. No. Like the Limitless Drug. So. Do you remember that movie yes. with Bradley Cooper? Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to feel that great all the time. No, I mean, and th- I mean, <laughs> that's like a tough pill to swallow. No pun intended. But like it, I think that, yeah, I don't, I, I know. And I think that's why like in my own mind, I'm like, if this, if there were some sort of like rules around this or like guidelines of like how to do it, I would feel like, okay, you know, now would be the time to do it and this is the right amount and then you can do it and you leave it and it's done. And then like, you know, you can do it again. But like, I don't, I don't know. I'm totally rambling because I have no idea what I'm talking (laughs) about. But like, I'm so curious. Do you know what I mean? Yes. What about normalizing other alternative medicines outside of just, you know, that we've been talking about shrooms and things like Mm -hmm. that. But like, obviously, I'm a fan of the Mary Jane. Yes. I think that should be normalized also in moderation. You know, it's so crazy about like, I mean, even if we just think a few years ago of like the stigma around like marijuana. I know, like people are still in prison. Yes. For marijuana charges. I know. And now you can just walk into a dispensary and get you some cutely packaged weed. Yeah. Which is so unfair and free my people. Yeah. I mean, they, every, like all of those marijuana charges from years ago, they, those, people need to be released. And yeah, it's, it's a little nuts to me because also it's it's getting to a point now where alternative medicines are a lot more uh, available and doctors are looking at, you know, benefits of marijuana, especially CBD with certain yes. patients and things like that. And apparently the FDA has approved THC-based medications like prescribed in pill form, which right. is like amazing, especially because so many patients deal with the side effects of chemotherapy and things like that. And it's very helpful. Obviously, weed has been known to be very helpful for those type of patients with their appetite and just overall mood and things like that. So I just think that there's so obviously so many benefits that could work. It's just what is the stigma? Why do people feel that certain drugs are not allowed to be cute (laughs) for the people? Yeah. Medically sound. I think part of the stigma is like, I mean, like, is the lack of research and the messaging behind it? Like, you know, like when we were in school, I mean, I was like in that D.A.R.E. program. Yes, I was very serious about D.A.R.E. too. (laughs) It's good and it's bad to like teach kids about whatever, but it's not nuanced at all. And they're not teaching you anything. It's like, it's just, you know, it's like avoiding sex ed. Yeah, it's like teaching abstinence is... (laughs) Let's do something better. The kids are maybe not abstaining, so let's teach them something that's practical. If they well, do yeah. have sex, what you know? What are some ways that can you can protect yourself? This the same thing with drugs. It's like we need to. I don't like again. I don't want to be on no soapbox out here, but just decriminalizing the way that certain drugs are even considered. Like not to say like mm-hmm. oh we need to decriminalize meth. <laughs> no, right. Decriminalize the things that are 
actively health. That's your political slogan. Right. <laughs> Decriminalize meth. And it's just a, a gorgeous picture of you. With no teeth. Um, <laughs> but the for the drugs like marijuana and, and shrooms, mushrooms in general, are, are there's so many health benefits across the board. There should just be a de-stigmatization and criminalization around these things. Mm-hmm. But I think that like there's just so many interesting smaller studies done on it that I think that if more research were invested into it, like we it's really just like an untapped potential. So even if you were looking at it from a financial point of view, considering all these people that you've placed in in prison, legalized marijuana, the whole market is worth like sixty four billion dollars. Yeah. And it keeps getting more lucrative. I mean, listen, there's drugs like that we're used to as a society, like Advil, Aleve, Mm -hmm. and so many people take them as, you know, pain medications and, you know, things like the anti-inflammatories, but there's so many folks who can't even use that. Oh, right. Oh, because if you overdose on them, you'll ruin your kidneys. Yeah. OTC. Okay. Sell them to me over the counter because like you're already selling things that aren't good for so many people. So let's get to it. And then there's CBD. Yeah. I mean, CBD seems to be like the most mild of all of these, right? CBD has found a way to shed. I think it's because it's marijuana without the psychedelics. Yes. Similar to I like mean, I've used like CBD creams and stuff like that or things that have it in like I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, well, what does CBD do to get this good PR rollout? Because maybe she can help the other girls help the shrooms. Yeah. It's time to find out who the publicist is behind <laughs> CBD because they're nailing it, to be honest. You know, nailing it. It's like, when's the next drop, CBD? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're so right. Because CBD like went zero to 100 very quickly. Yeah. And just like very accepted. Yes. You can find it at like grocery stores. So like get it together. Yes. You know what? I didn't even know that people are like, according to the New York Times, because uh, I will mm-hmm. tell you that I saw it. Please. Ketamine is used as an anesthetic by vets in like emergency situations. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that at all. So I'm all. like, are they going to start using it on people? And is that, a th- like, is that bad? Is that good? How does this work? Yeah. Huh. That's really... Um, right? Yeah. Which means huh. that it's a usable thing. Because you're not going to just be using stuff on animals if it's not, you know, if it's going to be bad, right? Like... Yes. I mean, like, so, I mean, if you use it on animals, sometimes that's a case to start working it into, into like, humans. humans. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently the FDA approved limited use of like a version of ketamine called S-ketamine yes. uh-huh. in 2019. You know, Daniel, Daniel, this has nothing to do with anything. This is me being like so, so dumb. <laughs> but when I think of like animal testing, like, um, you know, when people like have makeup brands and whatever, and they're like, and it's not tested on animals, like in my mind, and I know that this isn't how it works. And I know that like that testing is awful and whatever and you know animals are getting burned from different chemicals or whatever but in my mind it's like this rat wearing a red lip (laughs) (laughs) and i know that that's not what it is it is it's a rat wearing a red lip smoking a joint Uh uh-huh just a full face of maybelline testing out this marijuana and makeup 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Little in a red lip. Yeah. Yes, um, Stuart. Right. Is I that know, Ruby Woo? <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what do you think you were? <laughs> what do you think we're normalizing about alternative medicine today? I think that we should normalize keeping an open mind and keeping our eyes open for different research to come out and 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 learning from different people who have been doing research on it, because there have been a lot of studies and there's been a lot of like breakthroughs when it comes to these forms of alternative Mm -hmm. medicine. So I think that if you have this open mind about it, let's actually learn about it. What do you think we should normalize? I think we should normalize microdosing and discipline. You know, don't allow yourself to do too much or, you know, macrodose. (laughs) Don't be like me (laughs) and start macrodosing. Um, But yeah, if we're normalizing the microdosing with discipline, allowing yourself to feel those bursts of great energy, but like really leaning on that and not constantly chasing that first high that, you know, because I think that's where the addiction comes from. But being open to trying something that is going to be beneficial for your health in a different way. Absolutely. I think that's a great thing to normalize. Mm -hmm. And lab rats with red lips. Yes, Stuart Little, red lip. Yes, honey, on K. On K. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Adam, drop that lipstick right now. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's not time to try it. Mm-hmm. No, for real though, I feel very strongly about our alternative medicine conversation, even though we are not doctors. But our medical advice is pretty sound. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think we I think you've earned that PhD that you've just been scribbling at the end. I think I've earned it. I'm gonna start doing it in italics. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, just the H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Keep it it or curve it. Yes, this is a segment where Adam and I take a look at new social trends and decide if they're worth keeping in our Mm -hmm. warts or sending it directly to the curb. Yeah. Like, just into the garbage. Right. Like, not With old banana peels, not away from our hearts. Yeah, exactly. Listen, if it's your first time... I don't like that. You really waited way too long to start listening. It's 26 episodes. Yeah. Now you got to go back and re-listen because I know you're just like, oh, this sounds cool. I'm going to jump in. Like, you got to go back. Danielle, you know what I think is so funny? I think we've been saying, if this is your first time, what have you been doing since the second episode? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why is this your first time? But also, why? And if it's your 26th time, congratulations. Insert a round of applause here. Yes. Look under your seats. There is going to be whatever you put under there. (laughs) (laughs) But no, thank y'all for being here and listening. We're going to do things a little different on Keep It or Curb It. Normally, we talk about, you know, some some research topic and then we, you know, discuss and everything. Now we're just going to do a little quicker, a little rapid fire. 
So, Adam, you ready to go fast with these? I'm ready to spit fire. Because <laughs> you got to go with your first mind on whether you want to keep it or curb it. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Are we keeping or curbing telling any kind of lie in order to leave drinks? Keep. I know that's right. I, yeah. I'm good for Sorry, telling my friend to call me and <laughs> yeah, tell me it's an emergency. Sometimes you just got to go. Sometimes you just got to leave. Yeah. Okay. Keep. All right, Danielle. <laughs> You and I, were both dog owners, yes. right? So are we going to keep or curb when another human is present, not talking to your animal in the voice when you're alone together? Hmm. No, we're curbing. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping I'm going to do that. what I want. Exactly. A hundred percent. I'm not changing. I mean, I, I tried to think about how I just by default show up with Rigatoni when I'm alone. I do baby talk him. But I still, mm-hmm. I think I do it a little bit in, in, in public and with people, just not as much. Yeah, agreed. I think I, I don't really baby talk Tony too much. I speak to him sort of like he's a 33-year-old man <laughs> like myself. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you speak to him? I'm like, Tony, what are you doing? Come here. I don't, and, and I, and I feel like if I talk to him like that, maybe one day he'll respond. <laughs> I always talk to Rigatoni like he's going to respond. I don't know. I it's do very stupid. Um, yeah, but I know, I, but I, I don't love know. It. I'm a baby talker. Yeah, I, I do yeah, love see, some baby you talk. See, you tell me, yeah, what so are you doing over there? You chill no. That's how I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. <laughs> Keeping. Talking like yes. I won't. Exactly. Okay. Are we keeping a curbing if you bring food or drinks to a house party or get together in general, you leave the food or drinks there and do not take them home? Uh, I think we keep that unless they tell you to take it. I think if you're taking it, yeah. I think it's if little, you brought it, okay. you leave it. This one, I don't know. Yeah, you're bringing it to the party. So it's part. it's, it's the host now. Like, yes. I don't believe in showing up empty-handed to anyone's home in general. Yes, But if agreed. I'm coming to a party and I'm bringing a part of a libation of some sort, I'm not going to then be like, oh, you didn't drink my Hennessy. I'm taking it. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm with that. And I think That's unless weird they're energy. like, take it, <laughs> like, okay, but you shouldn't be like, oh, well, we didn't finish this thing I brought. I'm taking it back. <laughs> Right. You're only allowed to take a plate from like a barbecue. Or or just certain settings. Like, yeah, I think read the room a little bit. Like if it's like a little dinner party or like a little charcuterie, like some bites and some smokes on the side. I don't think we're making plates from Uber <laughs> Eats bags. No. What? Yeah. Do I think it's it that is like crazy? But my second thing I'm going to say is I want to kind of be that person who like, <laughs> it's a really logical thing to do if like food is going to go to waste of like take a little right, bit with you. It's because so I do smart. Think that like, I am it's also very that person. Smart. I think I am that person. Like I want to be, I want to kind of not give a fuck like that. Like I, <laughs> I think it's very cool, but I do think it's very crazy. So to whoever that person is, I'm like, you are cooler than me, but I am scared of you. <laughs> Sincerely. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. It's But it's so true. It's so true. So we are, <sighs> in general, I think we are going to curb 
you her, think but with like things. I think like but as I a society, you. yeah, we we I respect you, and I want to beat you. And <laughs> kind of, yeah, it's so cool. It is so cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, all right. girl. Um, I have <laughs> I have a, a, our last keeper curb. Okay, are you ready? Okay, are we going to keep or curb splitting the bill evenly when you go out on group dinners with friends? Lord. Okay, what do you think? This one is me tea, and I'm going to try to not make it as long. Okay, I believe in going out to fellowship with my people at whatever budget I have. If I'm broke, if I got it, whatever, I want to be with my people. I've Mm -hmm. been both, and I've wanted to be with my people in both. And because a lot of people say, oh, if you don't have money, maybe you shouldn't be going out. No, that's not fair. No. I still want to go out. And maybe I did get just fries and some water and everybody's ordering caviar and champagne and shots and drinks. And I'm looking at them like, oh, I'm not getting all of that. So when the bill comes, I would much rather prefer to put down my money for the fries than split the thousand dollar bill that y'all just racked up. Right. I don't think that's unfair. I think that's something maybe, you know, as a friend, you discuss with one of your friends beforehand or, you know, or you could even, if you don't feel embarrassed, say it when the bill comes. Look, I know this is like controversial or whatever, but I only got the fries because I wanted to be here and I know that y'all had a good time. So I like y'all can split it, but I'm just going to put this in. And real friends are not going to like gag you over that. No. Uh, you know, I think you should be more supportive to your friend than make them feel bad for not wanting to split a bill that they didn't naturally contribute to. Mm-hmm. Now, there are situations where people go out and order and do the most and do contribute to that bill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we should be splitting it evenly. I respect the people that want their MX points and have the ability to be like, hey, I'll take care of it. Y'all Venmo, send me PayPal, send me Cash App, whatever. I It's easier to split in that way. Yes. But also if everybody's on the same type of time. Like it can't yeah. be just a dis just a disproportionate disproportionate amount of things on one side and the other. You know, like it just it's such a, such a sticky situation. I like it being even, but only if it's in an even even context. Yes. I think that like listen, if you're eating a dinner and it's sort of like on par with like what everybody's having, like you're sharing an appetizer, you're getting a dinner, like you're getting a drink, maybe they have two drinks, maybe you have two drinks. I think that like, if you're doing that, like the experience is like, I think maybe you split that, right? Like if everybody's sort of playing the same game, but I've definitely been the friend who's broke, who like, I'm getting the cheapest salad while everybody's getting drinks and dessert and everything. And I'm not touching anybody's thing. And I always felt that the best way to kind of go around this was to do this. One, just flat out tell your friends that like, I'm going to get this because this is like all I can do right now. Nobody's, your real friends aren't going to judge you. And two, bring cash. So like, if you have cash, like then if your salad was like, $10 and you're like, okay, here I go. I'm going to put down $15 and you're like, here's $15. You guys figure out what you're going to do with it. Then it's like, you're not trying to like, can we have the pen to like write down on the thing? Like you become less of an issue there. Can you put this on that or whatever? You bring cash, 
And then all of a sudden, you don't need to be like really awkward about anything. They can use part of your cash towards the chip, uh, towards the tip. They can right. like it's so much easier, and you've made yourself feel so less awkward. It's like the best advice I could give when you're like, I need to budget myself out. Yeah, I agree with that one. The cash is really helpful. You just slide it across. But I don't, I, I, it's just a case-by-case basis. I want to keep the even bill splitting in an even situation, but curb it if you're trying to make me pay for things I didn't get. A million percent, If I yes. definitely was trying to save my money. Right, because if I'm getting a side salad and you're getting a T-bone and three martinis, like, that's not fair if we're splitting the bill. That's yeah, a crazy thing it's to, like, really, suggest. Yeah, because I've also had friends show up who don't drink. And yes. it's been like a drinky night. And all of a sudden the bill is kind of crazy. And they're like, oh, but you guys were like, y'all had like seven drinks. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I have been that person where it's like we're all getting dinner, but I'm not I'm not having drinks. So I've been that person where it's like, oh, let's just split it. And like, you're like, OK. And when it's been the opposite, I've always tried to make sure like, oh, you didn't drink. We'll find a way to make this even for you because like you're not your bill is gonna, should be a lot lower than ours. I think exactly. that's a nice thing to do if you're noticing somebody's doing something that's like <laughs> should make their their like contribution to the dinner a lot less. Right. Exactly. See, we know how to do these things. Yes, we do. Stick we with really us, do. Kids. Yeah. Learn uh, from us. Macrodose on this information. Macrodose on our keep it and curb it. Yes, please. You guys. This I is know. it. This is it. Season one. Not only one. the end of Keep It or Curve It, it's the end of this episode. It's the end of season one. I know. Can you believe it? normalize this with me and Adam. <sighs> I know. What amazing I can't believe time. it. It's been an amazing first season, Danielle. This has been so I know. fun. Instead of just from this episode, what do you think is your favorite takeaway from this season? Honestly, this is so sap sap but my biggest takeaway is getting to do this with you and learn more about you and become real friends and yeah that's my biggest takeaway yes adam i agree wholeheartedly and i would like to also add to that the biggest takeaway of them all i got rigatoni because yes. of this podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. I got Riga Tony because of this podcast, because of you mentioning Pups Without Borders. And when you talked about where you got your Tony. Yes. Um, and if, you know, if you guys are listeners, then you know the story. But if if it's your first time. What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> Since episode Since two, episode what have two, you been doing? Uh, but no, you definitely know that I literally in real time typed in pupswithoutborders.com and or org and uh found rigatoni on the podcast and needed yes, him immediately and got him i know my whole life yeah. has changed oh my god it really has yeah he's behind <gasps> me right now chewing on a bone oh i love our two tonys so sweet my little boy there you go. The baby talk. There's the baby keep talk. It. That's why we should keep it. It's I'm gonna, real. I'm going to close the show on baby talk. Okay. It's my little <laughs> time for the day. <laughs> yeah, can't. everyone. We love you so much. Oh Thank gosh. you so much for listening. Literally. Thank y'all for listening so much. I it just, it really warms my heart that we get to do this show and have gotten to do, the, do this show and that you continue to reach out to us on our socials to tell us things that we should normalize. I mean, it's it's over for now, but if you still want to DM me, 
to yeah. let me know what we should normalize, please do that. At the Danielle Young on Instagram and at Rapsodanny on Twitter. Adam, can the people still at you? Yes, I would love if you would still at me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Rippon. And on Instagram, I'm at Adam Rip. Please make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe. We're looking for those five stars. All um, the stars. And yeah, we love you. So um, I think that's it, Danielle. Ah! I can't believe that's it. I know. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.